0: Once my skin started to heal up, even though it was scarred, and like you would see these like changes in my skin tone all over my skin, arm, chest, back, legs, everywhere, but I started to feel beautiful again.
1: Welcome to Permission for Pleasure. I'm Cindy Sharkey, your host. So glad you're here listening today. We have a wonderful conversation with someone new to our community and she's going to share her story. I got connected with Jessica Lorian when I was a guest on her podcast, Mamas in Training, and we talked all things sex, pregnancy, postpartum, and it was beautiful. We've stayed connected ever since, and I thought it would be fun for you to hear a little bit of her own story and about her community that she's building. So Jessica, I'm glad to see you again. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Cindy. It's truly been a pleasure getting to know you, getting advice from you, and I'm just happy to be here. Very happy.
1: Well, it's great to see your face again. (laughs) So tell me, I like to ask people what kind of sexual health education they got or didn't get growing up, just to start off.
0: Mm, Good question. Uh, You know, I remember probably like most people do, the high school very uncomfortable uh, sex ed classes that you had to take. Um, that, you know, everyone just sort of giggled and awkwardly sat through. And it was usually a teacher that shouldn't be teaching it, um, didn't explain it very well. But actually, my father, for whatever reason, he was really passionate about sharing sex ed with me. Um, And I vividly remember him when I was younger, maybe even in middle school, um, buying me some like very basic children's books about how babies are made. Um, and he was very vocal at the time about everything like that. And, you know, at the time, of course, I was very uncomfortable about it. Didn't really like that he wanted to talk about it or share these books, but he, he did. And ultimately as an adult, I think it was helpful to you know, I never really went to him with questions or issues in the future, but just knowing that there was an open line of communication and that there wasn't like a secretness about it, I think was really helpful. Actually,
1: I agree. That's beautiful to hear. It's it's actually rare that I hear that when I ask the question. So yeah, I think it's beautiful that people hear it doesn't have to be the same sex parent
0: yeah it actually wasn't my mom it was my dad um I think it did make a difference in in a in a way
1: yeah I I bet it did I bet it did and we chatted a little bit ahead of time so I know more of your story but would you share just a little bit about you and your work in the world just who you are
0: I'd love to so um When I graduated high school, pretty much I had my mind and life and eyes set on performing in some sort of way, specifically theater at the time. So I went to school, studied musical theater, graduated, and even turned down a trip to Italy because I just wanted to move to New York City. (laughs) Kind of a silly idea when I think about it now, but um, I just really had my heart set on the Big Apple. And so I came here right away. Um, ironically met my now husband about three months or, or so. um, Well, actually I started working with him right away, but really kind of saw him and feel like I met him about three months after I got here and started working and ended up touring on a national tour, working a lot regionally as an actor, had been voiceover artist, now moved into more commercial TV film but uh, actually, while I was on my national tour, I developed an autoimmune disease that really was challenging because I was at you know what felt like the height of my career and doing something that I loved more than anything in the world, but simultaneously was navigating something so painful, so debilitating, and quite embarrassing too, frankly. Um, and so it was a really challenging time. And my now husband, he was my boyfriend then, you know, stuck with me two years while I was away on the road. And it was pretty amazing. I ended up going on a medication for this autoimmune disease that actually made me completely unable to become pregnant unless I was off of the medication, which at the time was fine because I was still young and I wasn't really in that space right now. We were really career focused. But then it was about 2019 when, um, you know, we really kind of Wanted to start thinking about family for the future. And so I took this journey to wean myself off of my medication and ultimately ended up healing myself from my autoimmune disease. And as of this past December 2021, I'm 100% medication free. But in order to do that, I really needed something positive to focus on because I was in this period of waiting. And for anybody who's listening who might be a mom, you know, if you always had that desire, it's really tricky to kind of navigate those feelings if something's holding you back. And so I actually ended up starting my own podcast, Mama's in Training. It's called M-A-M-A-S, Mama's in Training. And it really was a place for me to focus positive energy, learn about motherhood while I was in this time of period of waiting. And it's been completely life-giving, and so, I interview women about what they wish they had known before they became a mom or even got pregnant and it's just been a really fabulous outlet for me and the community that we're building.
1: Yes, I love what you're doing, which is some of the reason I wanted you to come on because i I think that what you're building there is is so nourishing. It's really a positive space. For mamas to come and ask questions and network together and troubleshoot even. And so I'd love I I'd love to just have my mamas that are in my community hear about it because it's not just people who are trying to get pregnant, it's a lot of mamas already and, and mentoring younger mamas a little bit is what I see on your platform. And I love that. I love that for women.
0: Well, and the other kind of side, you know, result to it is like when you have your second or third baby, you know, I always talk about the importance of community and like in our Facebook community, mamas in training, like you said, it's people who are aspiring future mamas like myself. It's people who are pregnant. And then of course, new mamas who've had their baby recently. And then there are seasoned mamas in there, but The the power of being in a community like that is when you have your second or third baby, you're still getting the same sort of like excitement and praise and support that you would as if it was your first, you know, because of course, your family and friends are still going to be excited, but they think that you've kind of got it, you know, and like you've been through this. So this is kind of a nice place to to still get that support, that praise and be showered with the same equal love as you would for your first
1: I'm curious your journey, your health journey. I'm going to circle back to some of your story and what I've found working with women as a nurse, you know, over 35 years is that having an autoimmune disease and also one that's visible on the outside is it's just really challenging to our body image. We struggle with body image no matter what. It's just it's definitely is one of the number 1 issues that I've seen, you know, coaching and educating women that inhibits their joy, inhibits their ability to experience pleasure. I'm just curious if you might share a little bit about how that, how that worked for you and also being a face, I I would think with your, with your work, a really visible face and body.
0: Yeah, it was, um, it was challenging, I guess, to say the least. Uh, so when I was first diagnosed, it started off, I ended up completely being diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis, but it first started just as psoriasis. And it first started as just a few spots on my body. Um, I actually thought it was bed bugs. I got the psoriasis diagnosis pretty much at the start of going on tour. And traveling the country, you know, it was so strange because it's like I said, I'm just so happy. I mean, I'm traveling the country being able to perform in a Disney musical, like having these kids fawn out over you, you know, at the stage door and all these things. But as time went on, my skin got worse and worse and worse. And I was completely covered, Cindy, head to toe. Like, I mean, my face was like helped a little bit. I didn't really have too much on my face, just a couple spots on my temple and like my chin, but... Literally head to toe. I mean, I had to wear scarves around, wrapped around my head because I had so much flaking. You know, it looked like dandruff coming off. And it was just so embarrassing. And then my skin, I literally looked like a monster covered. And it was also painful. It was very painful. And having to get into these costumes every night, too, sweating and dancing in them, you know. For the most part, the people that, I mean, the cast that was around me was amazing. But the, and the help that we would get every time we'd go to a new city, we would get a new costume, you know, support team. And so it was often explaining to them, like I heard many times, oh, you got attacked by mosquitoes. No, I didn't get attacked by mosquitoes. It's psoriasis and blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of this repeat of always having to explain myself. I remember really kind of, It hitting hard when, um, you know, my my team, my director, producer, they were all really amazing. But the one day that they came up to me after a show and told me, you know, unfortunately the skin, primarily what could be seen was my chest, and they said, unfortunately we can start to see it from from the audience, so we're going to have to ask you to try to put a little bit of makeup on it every day. So then that was hard too because then I'm putting makeup on and it was just really crappy. Um, And then progressively, as you know. I would be in the middle of summertime wearing long sleeve pants and long sleeve shirts because I didn't want to walk around and didn't want anyone staring at me. Um, And then my husband, like I said, boyfriend at the time, but he would visit me and he'd try to visit me like once every month or once every two months, which was amazing. But it really started, I mean, he is amazing and was amazing at the time. So loving but it definitely affected my um my comfort, my um my confidence, you know, the way that I would show up for him. And it definitely affected our sex life because uh for a while there I only wanted to have the lights off and, you know, be in the dark because I didn't want him to see it completely or or I think it was more so I didn't want to see myself in the middle of an intimate moment, and then look down and be reminded. And so with the lights off, I could ignore and pretend like it wasn't there. And he would, of course, assure me all the time that, you know, it's, it's just, I don't look at that. I don't see it. I see you. It's not bothering me. And I'm so lucky to have had that partner that that said that. But no matter what, it just really still kind of sticks with you and affects you.
1: Hmm. Hmm. But how have you done on the journey through that as you've healed yourself? That almost sounds like it would take some pivoting in in your mindset even.
0: I mean, honestly, I don't think I was able to really get through that until my skin started to get better. I was feeling once my skin started to heal up, even though it was scarred and like you would see these like changes in my skin tone all over my skin, arm, chest, back, legs, everywhere. But I started to feel beautiful again. A friend of mine who was on tour is a photographer. She's a beautiful photographer. And I think she might have offered or it came up in conversation. I don't know. She said, Jess, what if we do a boudoir uh, photo shoot? And she's like, your skin is looking so good. Like it might be a really cool thing for you to just feel like really empowered. And then you can just keep them for yourself or you can give them to your your boyfriend, like whatever you want to do. But it might just be kind of cool. And that was the first moment that I just felt, I felt beautiful. There's this one picture that I have. It's, it's of me from just my back, um, like the top of my booty up. (laughs) And I have my arms up over my head and you can see it's a black and white photo that she did it in, but you can see the discoloration in, in my skin. But I love the photo because I'm just, I know the way I felt at that moment And it was just a real kind of like full circle of like, I'm still beautiful with these scars kind of a thing.
1: That's lovely to hear. I've talked to several people who've done shoots, um, boudoir shoots that have found it very empowering wherever they are in their journey um, and whatever age they are. So it's, it's lovely to hear yours and how that really helped you pivot in the way you saw yourself. I'm curious to on that kind of health journey how you you know how you navigated the communication piece with your partner at the time and when you have a painful physical issue which you did pain and then to navigate your relationship and intimacy within pain would you share a little bit about that
0: yeah and it, it kind of like developed and changed as time went on. You know, the interesting thing about communication is being so far away from my partner at the time, you know, we would, we would make it, we actually had a really good plan. So if anybody's ever away from their partner for an extended period of time, this is what I'd recommend. We made a plan to connect every single morning just to say good morning and connect every single night to make sure we said good night. Now, sometimes, never really in the morning because we were always kind of like going and doing something, but oftentimes at night, you know, if we felt like we had more to talk about, we would talk for longer. Sometimes we'd talk for an hour or two hours. Sometimes we'd talk for three minutes. But we made the agreement that we never have to feel obligated to talk and if we get on the phone and nothing new has happened, we don't have anything else to share, we don't feel really like talking on the phone, we could just connect, say good night, say good morning, whatever time it was, and move on and then go on to the rest of our day. And it was really important that we did that first with communication because it allowed us to not feel like we had to do anything. And I feel like in the past, when I've had relationships where I feel like I had to, you know, talk for a certain amount of time, or, you know, oh, if I don't talk to them, they're going to think something's wrong, or I don't care about them, or whatever. And it just was so much extra pressure. And so that was a really key element to our communication being miles and miles away from each other. And as a result, too, I mean, all we had was talking because when we saw each other, It was so much just like, let's soak in all this time that we have together. You know, let's go here. Let's do this. We were doing tons of activities because he would just come meet me in the middle of a random city and we would take advantage of the city and go on, you know, different excursions or go see places or go out to eat. So it was a little um, non-traditional from your normal relationship. But because we had that key of just our voices, I think it really allowed us to... Be vulnerable in kind of a different way, you know, like sometimes when you have a little distance in that way, it's kind of easier to be vulnerable. So I really just, I just shared with him, you know, how I felt as time went on, I ended up developing the arthritic part of it. And it was, I first remember it when he visited me in um, LA and one night we were staying in an Airbnb and I literally could not walk to the bathroom. Um... He had to carry me to walk to the bathroom or carry me to the bathroom to brush my teeth because I was in so much pain. And that definitely put another big shift because it was almost like weekly I was getting this unbelievable debilitating pain. And it's one thing to not like the way your skin feels to like be intimate. But when you're in physical pain, like you can't put any weight on your feet. (laughs) Like it's really distracting. Um, to want to be intimate. So I, it, I honestly, I don't know. It was just a lot of patience. I mean, it was a lot of patience on his end. Um, it was a lot of conversation around like me saying to him that I didn't want him to feel like he was lacking in any way. And just me being able to vocalize like, I'm sorry that I can't give this to you no matter what that looked like but I'm just in too much pain. And then the days that I did feel better and we were together being able to, you know, have that intimate time together. I mean, communication is everything. It's been interesting too how it's developed over time because now we've been together for 14 years. Our intimacy has changed and our conversation around intimacy has changed so drastically. And even today, like we're dealing with things that we've never dealt with before in an intimate setting and we're having to talk about them even more now than we did before. And so, yeah, I mean, that level of communication is just, it's really everything.
1: What an encouragement, you know, for people to, if they're not communicating, start communicating and just how that served you through all these years and um and, and through really difficult,
0: challenging things. And I think the other thing that's important too is like, you know, we're still, you know, young, considered young, whatever, but we've been together for such a long time and we haven't started a family yet. So we're in a little bit of a unique situation where oftentimes people on the younger end, you know, maybe they're together for three years and then they get married and have children like fairly quickly. And I think it's just really important to to know that like it's going to change and it should change because you change and your relationship changes and your environment changes like the intimate relationship we had in the first 5 years of our of our relationship are, is so different than what it was for the past 5 years like recently and what it's now developing into just because of where we're at
1: yeah i agree with that 100% well, thanks for sharing some of your story. I, let's let's pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about your community, your mamas in training. I'm curious because of after coming on your show and and meeting with your group and your private group too, if you might share some of the most common questions and concerns about sex that you hear from your community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the ones that just is most common, I think, is. Either what if I'm not in the mood or what if they're not in the mood? And I think that changes also massively throughout your journey into motherhood, you know, depending on where you're at. So whether it's that you're pregnant or your partner's pregnant or your postpartum or your partner's postpartum, um, there also can be so many fears that come up for your partner in terms of you know, harming the baby or just maybe a discomfort and like, in not liking or enjoying the way that you are. And maybe it doesn't turn them on. Maybe it does turn them on, you know, and being able to respect that and have a conversation about that, um, or the way you feel, you know, and, and how you might be going through that. So a lot of women are just trying to navigate that, you know, like not being in the mood or, I am and they're not. And I think it's also important to know that everybody is going to take on, you know, this feeling of desire differently. I think also the question comes up often, like what to do, you know, how to change it up, how to, you know, I think sometimes we get so stuck in what we think intimacy should look like or what it used to be kind of as I was talking about before and so just sort of thinking outside the box, too, in, in ways that we can connect and communicate. But women are oftentimes looking for questions like that. Yes,
1: yes. Same things that that I hear. And it, so much of that circles back to the communication piece, like you were talking about. It always comes back to that because when we go through changes or challenges or shifts in life and seasons, like pregnancy or postpartum or new parenthood or trying to get pregnant or you know the moms in your in your community especially with when we don't communicate we start to assume and it just leads to such problems for both partners
0: I think too like I did an episode it wasn't necessarily about sex but it was eye-opening for me it's episode 106 And it's ironically with a dad. I usually interview women about their motherhood journey and what they wish they had known. But this is about a dad. And it was entitled, What About Dads? How Your Partner Might Be Silently Suffering. And this works for any partner that you might have, no matter the gender. It really opened my eyes to the communication that we need to have with our partners in all stages of motherhood. Because this guest that I had on, Ellie, he actually experienced a panic attack postpartum because he didn't navigate the fears and the emotions that he was going through when his wife was pregnant. And so when the baby was here, it just sort of all came flooding at him. And so your partner might even be experiencing some fear around intimacy and sex or just around the whole experience in general that if gone unspoken could really seriously affect them. And so I would highly recommend, you know, having the conversation with your partner. Like, what are some of your fears or what are, you know, what are some of your concerns? I'll also share that I had a conversation with my husband recently and he actually admitted to me that he was scared about our future, you know, when we try to conceive about what a baby's going to do to our relationship. And the, you know, I've been longing for a baby for so long that then, you know, I'll give so much focus and attention on the baby that where will he stand? So I think your partner plays a massive role in all of this too. And there's something to be said for when they feel heard too, and and listened to, it's going to open them up sexually and in their intimate world because they won't shut down, um, you know, so much and they'll, that open communication will be there. So episode 106 really just opened my eyes to all of that as well.
1: The the scenario your husband's describing is probably the most common scenario I hear from partners too. So that's just a very normal concern or fear because change is coming and you anticipate what that change will look like for the relationship between the two of you. So to verbalize that ahead of time and talk about that, it's a beautiful thing and it will serve you so well, you know, moving forward. That's interesting to hear too, that your community asks a lot about changing things up. And I do think what you said is important. And I think we talked about this on my episode with you is reframing how you see sex and intimacy outside that box that you were mentioning, because I think it's so limiting. And when we get outside the box, there's so much freedom in how you can explore connection and intimacy and eroticism together that doesn't look maybe like it did in the past, and maybe doesn't look like whatever you thought it should look like. And there's a lot of beauty in that. I know I say that often on this podcast, but getting out of that box is very exciting.
0: And it's also a little bit of the, I think what comes in oftentimes, especially with mothers is the comparison, because oftentimes, you know, we think we have this assumption that our friends are those closest to us. Or people, you know, our family members are telling us that they, you know, went back to sex quickly or they, you know, have sex every day or whatever it is. And so therefore we feel less than or judged or like we're not doing something correctly. But everyone's relationship looks different. And also what someone could be speaking about or projecting could be very different than what's actually happening behind closed doors. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of truth to that for sure. And, and across the lifespan, too, because I think, you know, we tend to have very little education about what's normal. And as we go through the stages you're talking about and even into aging and midlife and, you know, beyond, and then there there's a whole new season to navigate. So it's an ongoing conversation. Well, let's talk about where people can find your community because I, if if there's anyone listening to that hasn't listened to our episodes together on your podcast, why don't you share where they can find that? Because we had a lovely, yeah, lovely conversation together that I would love people to know how they can Find your community and get connected with you.
0: Yeah. So as I was talking to you, Cindy, I I think you remember, I was like, oh my gosh, there's just so much good information here and I can't put it all in one episode. So I split it up into two episodes and we talked about sex during pregnancy and then sex postpartum. And both of the episodes were just so well received and truly like mind-blowing to me, life-changing for me. So I definitely recommend people go check out episode 102 or 103 with you, Cindy. and Or even if you know somebody who might be in this stage of motherhood, who might be expecting, who might be an aspiring mama, to just send that episode to them, I think is really important because it's a topic that we don't talk about very often. Um, So check out those two episodes and I would love for anybody to join us in our Facebook community, Mamas in Training. And as I mentioned before, that's a community for aspiring moms like me to just learn ahead of time. You know, drink from the fire hose, as I say, like take all of this information in and then sift through what works for you. It's for expecting moms who are currently expecting, looking to hear from women who are in their shoes and then learn from new mamas and seasoned mamas. And then, of course, for, you know, as I mentioned, new mamas and seasoned mamas who maybe are just there to give other people support or are there to, you know, get more support on their second or third or fourth or fifth. Who knows how many children? So I would love for anybody to join us uh, in Facebook at Mamas in Training, M-A-M-A-S. And the podcast can be listened to anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all the above. Um... And you can also connect with me on Instagram at Mama's In mamasintrainingpod, P-O-D. And truly, I listen and read every single one of my messages. And if there's a topic that you want covered, reach out to me and tell me, and I'll do my best to make an episode for you.
1: Yes, and you're a beautiful interviewer and such a compassionate soul. I'm so glad to have you on the show. We, you know we like to share something that delights us day to day would you share
0: something? I'll, I'll like switch it up a little bit and tell you something that I do actually with my partner. <laughs> this is kind of like a little secret trick that we have, but it might be something that um, you might want to take away if you have a partner. So we kind of came up with this because we learned from Tony Robbins um, that if you're in the midst of a stressful moment, you're upset with each other or you're both just not connecting quite um, right, you need a change in your vibration, a change in the situation, and something that's really going to shock both of your systems. And so no matter where we're at, well, if we're at home, not uh, in public, but if we're at home and we're going through a moment that we both are just, we're going at each other or, or there's just like, we're just not aligning We both at some point, someone will initiate it and we'll go up to the other person back to back (laughs) and we'll put our booties together and we'll just like rub our booties together back and forth, kind of like a bear scratching up and down against a tree. And let me tell you, it feels so funny that it just makes you laugh. God knows how we found it, but we just came across it. It feels so funny and awkward that it it disrupts your current situation and it just makes you laugh and smile and you can't help but pause in the moment of frustration that you're in and look at each other and just be like, okay, we can connect about whatever we need to connect about. But Yeah. So I highly recommend doing the booty shake because that brings me joy.
1: (laughs) The booty shake for joy and out of conflict (laughs) and connection. I just, I couldn't love that more. (laughs) (laughs) It really helps. Promise. Please do it and then write to me. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I'm going to actually give that a whirl and then I'll let you know too. That's great. Well, (laughs) thank you so much for being with us, Jessica. And I think that You've really weathered some big pivots, and you have seen detours not as stop signs. Um, What a beautiful way to live in the world. Community, wow, with all these little tips and ideas, take them with you this week, and remember to give yourself permission for pleasure.